This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Hey, everyone. I'm Megan Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. Welcome to the show that is all about uncovering the awesome in the everyday. Each week, my co-hosts and I give our favorite tips, share our best stories, and confide our true confessions as we invite you to join us in the pursuit of awesome. This is episode 56 of the show, and this week we are bringing you another group show. That's right, all three co-hosts are here with me today. And as we have mentioned here on the show and in our social media, we are celebrating Sorta Awesome's first birthday this month, and we think the time is right to do another group show. And since we are celebrating Sorta Awesome's birthday all this month, please do make sure that you're following us on all of our social media channels, Facebook and Instagram, so that you can catch all of the lovely little gifts we have put together to celebrate with you this month. So one thing that we have heard from you guys over and over about why you love Sorta Awesome is because you find it to be a fun show with a positive vibe. Well, today we might just wreck that for you because we are sharing some of our more unpopular opinions. Believe it or not, we are not all snark-free and kind all the time. So today we're letting loose with our darker beliefs. So get ready for that. (laughs) But first, we're going to start the show the way we always do with Awesome of the Week. And yes, because we are all here together this week, you get double the awesome. So Rebecca, why don't you get us started? Hello, awesomes. I'm so glad that we're here doing this group show. And my awesome of the week is just one of the most amazing things I have ever seen in my entire life. And I owe it all to one of you. Alicia from the Hangout Group created over 25 sort of awesome inspired memes. And she shared them in the Hangout Group. They were amazing. They are so amazing. Yes, (laughs) they're so great. I was beside myself with delight as I kept scrolling through and they just kept coming one after the other. It was this (laughs) never ending flood of happiness in my Facebook feed. I just loved it. So I don't want to spoil them all for you, but if you don't really know what I'm talking about, here's just one example. So, you know, the famous show when Oprah gave away all of the cars and you get a car, you get a car. So Alicia made a meme that had Oprah in that famous pose. And at the top, it said, you all get a candle from (laughs) (laughs) e-pantry. 
And I just love that. Is They all have a little twist or a little inside joke from all of our episodes. And it was fantastic. So I had to ask her, how did you make these? Because I don't know. Am I the last person on the planet to actually know how to create my own memes? I just might be. But she told me about an app called Meme Generator. She also uses Meme for Messenger. And I've been experimenting with them and making them for like my real life friends and sending them to them based off of our conversations from the day. And I am dying. It is like my (laughs) new favorite thing. Customize, personalize memes with sending the GIFs. You guys, I am just so absorbed into the internet culture and all of this geekiness of emojis and everything lately. I, I mean, I don't even need to use words anymore when I talk to people. Rebecca, right. did you just say GIF or did you mean to say GIF? Okay, I said GIF because you. I feel like there's a lot of peer pressure from you and Megan to say it that way. That's right, because it's the correct way, Rebecca. No, no, no. I'm so sorry that we're pressuring you to say it the right way. (laughs) I I think, I think it's GIF. I do. (laughs) I'm with Rebecca on this one. You guys, if you're not aware, there is this internet debate and it rages hotly. It fires up every once in a while and it simmers down to like embers. But the creator, correct, Laura? The creator says he wants it to be pronounced GIF. The creator said to the New York Times that he wants to call it GIF. Therefore, we don't get to just be like, no, you don't know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, we do. Exactly. We can say, you're wrong. Sorry, it's our word now. So Rebecca <laughs> and I are like, no, it's GIF. So if you all, if you're wondering why there's this inner rebellion. <laughs> there is division on the team between Team GIF, the correct way, and Team GIF. <laughs> no, you don't get to, if you name your baby you know, Kelly with an I, K-E-L-L-I. And, but you mean for it to be Kelly, the whole rest of the world doesn't get to be like, no, it's Kelly. (laughs) You could take that risk though. You are taking that risk. You're taking the risk that people say it wrong, but you're not taking the risk that you're wrong. You named it. It's okay. a compelling argument. You have to agree. Yeah, yeah. I can't even handle it. I really can't. And I don't <laughs> care what you call it. That's not the important thing here, ladies. Can we compose ourselves, please? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I am so in love with just the internet culture, making your own memes. If you want to do it yourself, look up the app, Meme Generator, and be on the lookout in this week's newsletter coming to you in your inbox from Megan. Um, we are going to have at least one of the memes that Alicia created for us. And Alicia, thank you. From the bottom of our meme-loving hearts, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, I have to agree, Alicia. Those were just so delightful. All of us were just laughing until we cried. You did such a great job. They were so creative, so fun. So thank you for that, Rebecca. Kelly, what did you bring for Awesome of the Week this week? Oh, I brought my favorite summer salad. Sort of a thing, because here's what's happening. I think in a lot of parts of the U.S., except for poor Colorado, who got majorly snowed on in Texas, which is getting rain, spring has sprung. Like, we are on the verge of summer here. I'm so excited about it. And so I have just pulled this one out of the resources that I have in my kitchen. And it is the best thing, you guys. It is a salad that is Thai quinoa. Oh, wow. The peanut lime dressing. So here's the thing. Yeah. It is. It's serious and it makes you feel very healthy. So you have like a gold star if you eat this that you can then, you know, indulge in a donut or something for dessert. It totally balances each other out. Um, It has quinoa in it. It's totally very, very colorful. 
um, purple cabbage, peppers of whatever color you want, carrots, red onion, cilantro. Sorry for what? cilantro Why? haters. <laughs> I know you could take it out. You could take it out. And peanuts. Okay. So it's got all those things. It looks like a rainbow in a bowl. And then it's got this dressing that's very Thai inspired. It's got like peanut butter, ginger, honey, soy sauce, and lime juice. So you mix all that up. It's got this really, um, you know, nutty, but a little bit spicy, super flavorful salad. You mix it all together and you can throw that bad boy in the fridge and let it really marinate. Like I will make a big serving of this for a weekend. It goes great with almost anything that would ever be on the grill, like grilled chicken, or I like to do a spicy shrimp that I can even do in the kitchen. And then you can put that with any sort of meat or just with like non, you know, grilled bread. And you can eat that for lunch like all week. And I really do. I mean, it's a little, not so much variety, but it's so easy and it's healthy that I will make this probably every 10 days in the summer and just continually eat it. It's a great lunch, especially for those days, you know, when you are running quick or you're running to the lake or to the pool or you just don't have enough time to really make something. It would be tempting to go through the drive-thru. So this is a healthy inspired. You can grab it out of your fridge and eat at lunch. I'm so excited to get back to warmer weather when I feel like I can eat it again and it tastes good and it's just got all those veggies in it. So that is my awesome of the week, Thai quinoa salad with peanut lime dressing. And do you have a link for us where we can go? And I do. Find it and Absolutely. It is on my blog and I will send a link. We'll put it in the show notes so that you guys can get it, pin it and make it. Sounds good. One of my unpopular opinions is that I actually hate salad in general, cilantro or none. But even I have to say, that sounds really wonderful. So thank you, Kelly. Laura, what about you? Awesome. I am as horrified to talk about my awesome of the week <laughs> as I have ever been in my whole entire life. And I cannot believe I am going to say this to thousands and thousands of people. <laughs> However, I've been wanting to share about this for a long time, for months actually, as my awesome of the week, and I keep chickening out. I'm going to do it today on our group show because I actually think this is an important topic and I need to just pretend that I am an enlightened modern woman and tell you without dying inside that my awesome of the week are thanks period panties. Okay. <laughs> well. <laughs> okay, all right. I'll take a deep breath. Yep. Okay. okay. So, so deep breath. We're going there. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm going to, off. Go for it. I'm going to first read from the website because that is easier than talking about my own experience, clearly. <laughs> so thinks is T-H-I-N-X. The website is shethinks.com. The Thinks period panties are period-proof underwear that protects you from leaks and keeps you from feeling dry. They absorb up to two tampons worth of blood. Whoa! Look and feel. <laughs> That's a lot. It's a lot. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm so cringy. Okay, no, keep going. Let more. me finish because I'm dying. Okay. <laughs> they look and feel like regular underwear. <laughs> now, okay, here's what I will say about them and why they are... My awesome of the week is because I tried them and they truly do work. I don't want to go into a lot of details here. I just sure. don't feel it's necessary of other than to say I tried them and they work. <laughs> <laughs> and no, that's awesome. It is awesome. I am so glad that you're 
that you are here to sort of give your seal of approval on them because first of all, Facebook is convinced that I need them because like every other ad in my Facebook feed is for things. <laughs> and then secondly, listen, we are talking about on the air today, but I have had so many conversations, side conversations with friends like, is this a real thing? How could this possibly work? And I didn't know anybody who had actually used them, Laura. So I'm so glad you're telling us that they are a real thing and they do work. They worked so well that I bought a second pair and they're kind of a investment. They're between 30 and $40. They have six different shapes. So depending on, you know, what you're comfortable in or what your needs are, they have hip huggers, they have high waisted, they have boy shorts and, and then they have a thong, which I don't know why you would do that. I don't know. Because doesn't that defeat the purpose? But they do have it. Um, they're black. Okay. They're kind of. They're kind of thicker, but they're sort of lacy and pretty. Like they have a lace band around the top. So they're not, um, they're not ugly in any way. Now, so they're a little bit thicker, like, and, and they're kind of nylon-y. Is nylon the right word? I'm not even sure. They're sort of satiny nylon-y, but they feel like regular underwear, only a little bit thicker. So you don't they're feel cute. like you're wearing a diaper? No, they're not diapery at all. I mean, they're only like, a little bit thicker than underwear. They're not, they're not like, depends. Okay, let me ask you this, because I was just talking to a friend who our daughters are the same age, our oldest, and we were talking about like, what, what kind of products do you keep on hand in case when the day comes and we need products, what are we going to give our daughters? Do you think they'd be appropriate for teenage girls? Yes, they're so appropriate for teenage girls. The reason I think they would be great for teenage girls is because when I was younger, I remember being really embarrassed by my time of the month and being really worried I was messy all over the place and that something had leaked through and that you could see something. I was just very paranoid about it, especially when I was younger. And it takes a lot of that out of it because there is no messiness to it, especially that's going to come through. Now, on your heavier days, you might be wearing them as backup. Okay, gotcha. So they're not going to, they might not be your sole thing situation. Situation, yes, got it. But then for medium to light days, they can be, for me anyway, they can totally be your sole product that you're using. And you just wash them. They're not messy. Oh my I don't know how okay, else to say it. This is amazing. That's my you question. Do you have to hand wash them? No, you don't have to hand wash them. I I washed them alone because that's what I chose to do, but I washed them in the washing machine. And like I said, I was so happy with them. And truly, I don't want to get into the details of, of why I even tried them or why I even loved them. Everyone is just different in that way, and I'm just – I'm not – I'm going to pretend to be enlightened about this subject today, but I'm not going to go all the way there. Gotcha. That's fine. I liked them because they were comfortable. For me, post-children, I've had all kinds of different issues with various feminine products. So when I tried these, they were comfortable. They took care of the issue. I wasn't worried about anything. They look cute, if that matters. I love it. I can just wash them. I'm very excited about this. I really am. And I went and bought a second pair. I mean, look, if you're going to spend $80 on period panties, that is an endorsement. 
That is a ringing endorsement. Yes, it is. For sure. Wait, do they cost $80 each? No. Or $40? No, they're each? about, they're roughly $40. They're like between $30 and $40, and then plus you pay shipping or whatever. Now, they will give you discounts if you go to their website or like them on Facebook. They frequently have coupons, you know, $10 off, $20 off. Share with a friend and you both get $10 off. There's lots oh, awesome. of deals. The website is shethinks.com. S-H-E-T-H-I-N-X.com. I do, I do want to, I'm joking about how embarrassed I am to talk about this because I am, let's be clear, <laughs> I am secretly dying a thousand deaths inside. <laughs> but I think, that, I do think that there needs to be some of this stigma removed from talking about something that every single woman, yep. millions and millions and millions of people deal with. Yes. And we're, embarrassed to talk about. Right, I, right. I do want to remove some of that stigma. And I do think that this is a great product. So therefore, I'm stuffing it down and sharing. I love it. I'm so glad that you shared. Okay, that was good stuff. I truly have been wondering about that so much. So I am so glad that you just bit the bullet and did it. My my awesome of the week really pales in comparison now compared to that. <laughs> Mine is a simple tube of lipstick. <laughs> Um, it is, I, I, we talk about lipstick a lot on this show. I think all four of us are fans of finding just the right shade that we love. So I have a tendency to get really stuck in a lipstick rut. I find a shade that I like and I just stick with it for a long time. And my particular shade of choice is usually something plum-y. I like plum on my skin, my complexion. So, uh, I thought I'm going to break out of the rut. I'm going to try something new for spring. I feel like if you're going to try something new, spring is a great time to do it. If you want to put a little color in your hair, I don't know, do something extra fun that you would not usually do. Spring is a good time to do it. So I picked up a tube of Revlon's super lustrous fuchsia fusion. And I had to practice saying that like 10 times before we recorded today. <laughs> But it's so fun. It's a great fuchsia pinky color. And if you have fair and freckled skin like I do, it's a really fun shade for spring. In fact, I was wearing it when we did, when I did the happy birthday sort of awesome video in our hangout group on our show's actual birthday on April 9th. And a couple of people noticed my lipstick shade and complimented me. And I was like, I really am loving this one. It's a fun shade for spring. So again, it's Revlon's Super Lustrous Fuchsia Fusion. And you can get it at drugstores, drugstores everywhere, I'm sure. So just put on your lipstick and period panties, eat that salad and make yourself a meme. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all we have to say, people. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> yep, we're out. That's it. <laughs> we oh have you all set up with everything that you could possibly need here on Sorta Awesome. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Wow. Yeah, we are celebrating Sorta Awesome's birthday this month. You guys, I cannot believe it has been a year with you three. I cannot believe we did it for a year and we're still going strong. In fact, the show has now nearly 400,000 total all-time downloads. If I think about that number too much, I will absolutely freak out and put my mic away and never record another show. <laughs> um, just to give you a little bit of a sense of the growth that we've had in the past year, in April 2015, when the show launched, we had about 13,000 total downloads for the show. 
Last month, March of 2016, we had our highest total download number, uh, total downloads yet at 44,000 total downloads for the month. So the audience is growing. You guys have been telling your friends about the show, and we appreciate that so much. I have to tell you, the most popular episode of Sorta Awesome to this day, the reigning champ, is episode 26, The Truth About Anxiety. Laura and I talking about anxiety. Also, the famous slash infamous face shaving awesome of the week segment <laughs> is in that one. But I will say the episode that's giving that episode a run for its many, the one that is the most popular from the past six months of the show is Rebecca and I's episode 37, helpful PSAs and a collection of confessions. So you all really enjoyed that one as much as Rebecca and I had so much fun recording it. So um, our social media has been growing. We have nearly 2,000 people in the Hangout group now. Our Instagram and Facebook accounts are, are newer. Our Facebook page and our Instagram accounts, they're newer and they're over a 1,000 followers now. You guys, the iTunes comments and reviews that you leave for us, the emails, the private messages that you send, you all have been so kind and so gracious and so generous to us. And it totally fuels the work that we do for you every week to get the show up and running for you. Okay, well, like I said at the top of the show, today we are letting loose with our unpopular opinions. So unpopular opinions are traditionally understood to be the opinions that each of us hold. We all have these things that go against what everybody else seems to believe to be true, whether it's your friends or family or pop culture or culture in general. These are going against the grain of popular opinions and beliefs. These are our own opinions that are contrary to that, the unpopular opinions that all of us have. So Kelly, you want to get us started with yours? Yes, I can get us started. This one's going to be a bit of a shocker because this really does go against the grain for most Americans. And here it is. I don't like Chinese food. Any of it. It's disgusting. What? Wait, all yeah. of it? All of it. All Chinese food. And if my husband were here on this podcast, he would chime in and say, that's because she doesn't like anything Asian. Because he's Asian. So he can say that. So he always makes that joke. And then I have right. to roll my eyes and say, no, I like some sort of Asian foods. I like Thai, as I just talked about. But no, Chinese takeout is like, ugh gross to me. I cannot no. handle it. And really, the way I say that's this runs right. against popular opinion, like, that is the most Chinese food is the most popular ethnic food in America. Right, right. Like, For a even reason, above Mexican. Kelly. <laughs> yes. I mean like, Mexican I would eat. Delicious. <laughs> Wrong. I feel like okay, I feel like maybe you just haven't had the right Chinese takeout food. <laughs> it's possible, but we used to eat a lot of Chinese takeout food. Like because I didn't cook. And we both worked busy jobs. So I mean I have had a lot of squishy boxes with dry rice and you know everything that's like a sauce is brown and gelatinous mm. and no there's not enough heat like no it's just mm -mm. like so i'm just done i don't eat chinese food anymore i don't even think my kids have ever had chinese takeout what <laughs> my word we eat a lot of mexican food oh, those <laughs> and poor actually sheltered children our favorite food is a mongolian barbecue so that's Kind of Chinese, you know, where you're making your own, but you get to make your own sauce. Um, so I can put on some heat. So yeah, anyway, most Chinese takeout is not my thing. That is my first unpopular opinion. All right. I wouldn't think that there would be a lot of Mexican food in Minnesota. I'm, I'm frankly surprised about that too. 
Yeah. Well, there's not, it's not like San Diego for sure. There are lots of times that Corey and I will sit around and reminisce about the taquerias that we had prevalent to us around every corner in San Diego. They're not as many, but I can make it too. I'm like, I make my own fish tacos. So we do what we can. I just, I'm never going to make a, you know, Chinese stir fry. Oh my goodness. Okay. Laura, Laura, a pop- unpopular <laughs> opinion. Let's hear your first one. My first unpopular opinion is that selfies are awesome. Mm. Okay. Um, selfies are awesome. But it's, it's become this thing. I mean, I feel like yeah. it's always been this thing since there were selfies, even before digital, even when you just had yeah, yeah. regular cameras. Yeah. Right. You hold that it taking again. a selfie was lame, cheesy, narcissistic. Mm-hmm. And then now that selfies are, you know, a really common thing to do with your phone, to put on Instagram, whatever. People just hate them. People love to hate on them. But there's so many reasons why I love a selfie. Not so much for myself because of the stigma. I do feel a little awkward taking them. But I love seeing them and other people. Like, I don't want to see pictures of just your kids. Oh. Sorry. That's my whole Instagram account. (laughs) Have you unfollowed me yet? I don't understand it. Like, I like seeing people's faces. I like seeing um, people's outfits. I like seeing their smiley face in front of some, you know, monument or travel experience. Like, I really like seeing the people. And if the only way that you can get your face in the photo is to take a selfie, then great. I think it's a better photo. Hmm. I also think there's a, a real argument to be made that selfies are sort of empowering in a way, like that they are the 2016 version of saying, like, I was here, like, I matter. This is my mark. Okay. And I can dig it. Not everybody feels that way. In fact, a lot of people roll their eyes and judge other people who take a lot of selfies or, and I, I don't, I love the selfie. I'm pro selfie people. Take pictures of yourself and share them. And share them. Good. And I would add that they're awesome. Once you have teenagers, they'll take selfies with you. So like they don't like to have selfies take, they don't like to have pictures taken of themselves, but they will get in a selfie with me. Ah, so, so gotcha. it's like, it's like a thing that's so, I think it's, I wonder if it's more accepted among teenagers. I mean, it's oh, in some I ways, so. maybe the argument would be like, yeah, I mean, they're more narcissistic yeah, yeah. in general. Right. But <laughs> still, I think I agree. I'm, I'm pro selfie. I'm with Laura on this one. Okay. I was ambivalent about the selfie, but now I'm feeling very empowered to be pro-selfie. So, (laughs) got it. All right, Rebecca, your first unpopular opinion. Let's hear it. So, when I moved here to Pennsylvania, I was introduced to a flavor of cake with so much enthusiasm surrounding it. It has boggled my mind. Okay. Red velvet cake. I don't (laughs) get it. Yes. (laughs) Why do people lose their minds over red velvet cake? Yeah. I don't know. It's an inappropriate amount of food coloring to, for any human to eat. It's Isn't the it most... just chocolate? No. Well, red okay. cake, chocolate cake with red food coloring? Right. Yes. A, a and lot you know what? I had, I had to ask what flavor it was supposed to be because I'm not kidding. The first couple times I had red velvet cake, I'm like, what am I eating? I just, it just is like sugary sponge. What flavor is this supposed to be? Well, apparently it's chocolate, allegedly, and (laughs) it's a crazy ton of food dye. 
So it's a dumb flavor and it's not healthy for you with all that crazy food dye and people lose their minds over it. They think it's the greatest thing. It's not the greatest thing, folks. It's not. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I don't get it. I normally well, would... I don't know that anybody tried to argue it was ever healthy. <laughs> <laughs> it's cake. It is cake. No, but I mean, it's like exceptionally unhealthy. Like exceptionally. I think it's pretty widely proven that food coloring is not something that we advise to be putting into our bodies, especially that enormous amount. It's so usually a it's whole not... bottle of red food dye. Like I mean, to make a red velvet, it's a bottle of red food coloring. It's so much that my children cannot eat it because they will actually throw up. All four of them cannot eat red velvet cake. So it is, I am on your side with this, Rebecca. It's, it's not a good thing. It's the stupidest cake there is. <laughs> the end. Okay. What's yours, Megan? All right. <laughs> uh, mine is, my first one is, I'm actually pro something that I feel like I might be the only person who's pro this. I actually really loved season two of Cereal. I did. Ugh. <laughs> I know. Laura really did not love it. Grown. Um, I was skeptical. I was totally skeptical at the beginning. I do not like military stuff in general. I never have. And then after my little brother joined the Air Force, I saw, you know, up close and personal what military life can can be like. And it was a little upsetting in some ways as a big sister. I'm just saying that as a big sister, not as a, an American citizen, I guess. <laughs> but I was skeptical. And so thankfully, Laura had directed me toward Crime Writers On. And that podcast really did help me to get into those opening episodes of it. But by episode seven and eight, when she did the hindsight part one and two, Sarah Koenig, the host of Serial, did two back-to-back -back episodes, uh, hindsight part one and two, and it really rounded out the information of Sergeant Bergdahl's story, what was actually happening, whether or not he was a neurotypical person, should that change our judgment of him and his actions, all of that. By the time we got to those episodes, I was all in. And I will tell you that by the end of the season, when, when she says the last sentences of the last episode of season two, I was totally in tears. I loved it. I thought it was a great ride and I thought she did a great job. So all hail Sarah Koenig. She's, she is a master storyteller. I love Sarah Koenig, but I cannot get on board with an 11 episode show that takes you nine episodes to get into. <laughs> Uh, no, I loved it before that, but I know that was that it was a long haul for you to stay committed to. I, I haven't listened. I listened to part of the first episode and I was like, ah, this is too heavy for this time of day, that particular day. And I haven't gotten back into it because I kind of feel like I've heard some mixed reviews. So it's good for me to hear from you, Megan, that I should give it a go. I mean, it's pretty intense. It, it is for sure. But well, I have a brother who's a Marine who has been stationed in Iraq. And so it was hard for me to swallow the first three episodes. Oh, sure. Yeah. Trying to make one feel sympathy for Bo Bergdahl, mm -hmm. who walked away from his post on purpose. Yes. I yeah. don't, I can't, that was hard for me to buy into. Now, having listened to the whole thing, there is some sympathy there and there is a bigger story to be heard. But the way that, that she arced it, it's hard. It's hard at the beginning to to get past what she's trying to sell you. Got it. Got it. That's fair. That's a, that's a totally fair response to it. So in the end, I loved it. I feel like I might be the only person who does. So Kelly, let's start round two of our unpopular opinions. What do you have next? 
I have one that's kind of, I feel like I might be the only person. It is, I think I might be the only woman in America who has not seen the notebook and has no desire to do so. No, I haven't oh, either, Kelly. Kelly. Remember, I haven't either. Me and oh, you. Oh, that's right. We were talking about this. Together yes. forever. <laughs> it's really not just the notebook, people. It's like most romantic comedies make me want to throw up in my mouth a little bit. Oh, Kelly. I <laughs> just am so not. Disappointing. I know. I'm so sad. Somebody said recently, like, sometimes you can be a mom who's like an Anne of Green Gables mom, or you could be a mom who's a Star Wars mom. I'm a Star Wars mom. Like, I love mm. sci-fi, that sort of thing. Like, I can debate that with my kids, that sort of thing. I'm just, I'm not a romantic comedy sort of girl. And it, and it, honestly, my daughter who's 14, I was saying something to her the other day, and she was like, why would you want to watch a movie about people dying or where you're just going to cry? Like, why is that appealing to anyone? And I'm like, I don't know. I have no explanation for this behavior, Natalie. I don't get it. I mean, so that's my there's plenty of romantic comedies where no one dies. <laughs> oh, where? They're always like in the hospital. There's always the unrequited love. I'm like, oh, hold on. Please, those, people. Are rom- those are not romantic comedies. We need to like clarify. <laughs> well, the notebook no, that's is not true. a comedy. I mean, like, even maybe I should say romances. Okay, okay, okay. I can I can get on board with that. But, okay, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. Genre. They did say rom com, and that's what I'm thinking in my head. But you're right. The Notebook probably isn't a romantic comedy. <laughs> no, it's not. I'm like pained over here, Kelly. You watch Days of Our Lives, and you're snooting down your nose at the Notebook. It's not snooting. I just have no interest. <laughs> I. I. Uh, my, oh my head goodness. is in my hands. I. I cannot. I can't. I can't. Yeah, I would rather watch somebody battle it out with lightsabers than like kiss somebody. That's what we're saying. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, Laura, what's your second one on? What's the second one on your list? Well, this is another thing that is not usually spoken about. I'm really, really going there this episode. But I actually like the look of a uniboob. (laughs) What? What? Wait a minute. I'm going to have to take a minute here. What? You know how, like, when people wear sports bras all the time, it's like, no, you shouldn't do that, or you shouldn't wear a sports bra under, like, your nicer shirts or whatever because you look like you have a uniboob. You're supposed to have two different mouths. (laughs) (laughs) Did you say two different mounds? Mounds is the word you use. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) But what do we call them? Well, breasts, Drooping I boobs. Did, I didn't I mean. script this. Can you tell? Um, so, like, I guess you're supposed. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> I, I mean, so wish this was video. <laughs> Don't look at me. <laughs> Gonna have to look down. Gonna have to look down. I am like more on the modest side of dressing. So I guess I don't, I just don't really mind kind of it being a more modest look over a bunch of cleavage. Like I'm just not the type of person who is gonna show a bunch of cleavage. I actually don't like sports bras all that much, like for comfort level. But I don't think that that sort of 
flatter look is bad. Like I kind of am like, okay, I like that better. Like I'm just not an accentuate your curves girl, even though like all style advice for all time is accentuate your curves. I'm like, or flatten them down. Um, Laura, you need to check your privilege. (laughs) You need to check your tall and slender privilege. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Well played, Megan. Well played. I feel like I like saying something that could be taken the wrong way, like that one should flatten them down. I wish, not, all, like, I wish everyone could see the hand motions that Laura's making as she makes her point about the boob area. I'm not, it's not a judgment. I'm not saying one should dress modestly or should look androgynous. <laughs> I'm just saying I kind of like that look. And it, you're not supposed to like that look. You're supposed to like. Yeah, yeah. Boobs out. Boobs out. What, you know, and I don't. Right. I don't like boobs out. I will, I like a, a, a pillar. Got it. Got it. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how that went. I, <laughs> good luck editing that. I just like this. <laughs> There's a lot of not this. 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 <laughs> It's a lot of hand gestures. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Okay, Rebecca, next on your list, please, my dear. So I don't understand why Vera Bradley purses are so popular. <laughs> Vera Bradley. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, you know, the quilted. Oh, know, I know. I know. Crazy pat- yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Yep. So real, real story here. The very first time that I saw one. I was in college and a fellow student was holding the purse and I literally thought it was a joke and almost busted out laughing. Like, what? why are you holding that? Did your grandma give that to you? Oh. I really almost did. Like, mm-hmm. seriously, they look like crazy quilted pillows. And I don't understand why this is something that women in their 20s and 30s want to be carrying around. I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's not my aesthetic either. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm actually kind of surprised that there's still like a thing. I feel like, feel like maybe their moment in time had passed. So. Well, maybe they're not a thing, which I would use to confirm that my opinion is the right one, that people aren't holding them as much. Now, if any of the listeners own one, I argue with you to present to me your facts and opinions on why you think that they are so fabulous and worthy of being in your closet instead of like on your grandma's couch. Because I, I just don't, I don't get them. I do not <laughs> understand Vera okay. Bradley versus. All right. I think they are still a thing. My nieces. Palm Squad, high school Palm Squad, they all just bought matching Vera Bradley bags. Interesting. I think they're a thing. So. All right. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm with Rebecca on this one. So, all right. My next one is, I think that the most obnoxious people to follow on Twitter are bloggers, which mm. I realize may not make me any friends, might lose me a few friends <laughs> in the blogging realm. But I have to tell you all, as I mentioned on a previous show, I recently have returned to Twitter um, and I have been enjoying it so much. It is so fascinating, except for the fact that 
a lot of bloggers that I met and followed years ago, years ago when I was blogging. Now I'm still following them on Twitter. And it's so painfully much self-promotion. And it's not even like active, engaged, like I'm here, I'm showing up on Twitter and here's what I've written and come and read it. It's just all on autopilot. So I find it to be dreadfully boring, all of the self-promo that I see on there. So how do you feel about people just pushing all of their Facebook posts over onto Twitter? And it being automated that way. Right. That's a problem, too. I do see that more across the board, not just bloggers doing that, but pushing Facebook, pushing Instagram so that all platforms are covered. I mean, I guess it depends. Some people can do that and do it well. They still engage with people who follow up on Twitter. I see that happening some. But mostly it just feels so cluttered that there's so many people that are just tossing things out there and they're not even there to engage in a conversation. I guess that's the crux of it for me because I had forgotten what a great place for conversation Twitter can be. But then you just have to so carefully curate and weed out and all of this stuff. It it makes it so much work to get the best out of Twitter. But then once you kind of get to that point, it is actually highly enjoyable, except for Mm -hmm. all the self-promotion. So I feel like you all are being very quiet about this. Have I offended all three of you? (laughs) No, I actually, I'm agreeing with you. I am like shaking my head like, yes, preach. Okay. I, I haven't heard a word anyone has said past Uniboob. <laughs> <laughs> Megan, I do agree with you because when I go on to Twitter, and I'm trying to be more active there, and it is, like, you, I scroll through the feed, and it's like, well, nobody's actually wanting me to engage in conversation with them. Like, I try to look for things I can reply to, and it's like, link, 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 exactly. link, link. It's just nothing. Exactly. No, you guys un- unfollow those people mm-hmm. or mute them or put them in a list if you don't want to offend them with the unfollow. But the people who have scheduled out their blog posts, promo 30 days in advance and whatever, like that's that's not who's good on Twitter. That's not the what's good about Twitter. I love Twitter. Even loving Twitter is an unpopular opinion by itself because, again, people love to whine about Twitter. People get on Twitter to talk about how much Twitter sucks. Right, right. Yeah, I've seen that plenty. I don't understand. But I love Twitter and I have long ago put all the self-promotion people on a list of don't ever look at. That's good advice. They're Twitter dead to you now. All right, well, let's go one more round. I'm assuming that we maybe have a few listeners left. A few people are still <laughs> hanging with us. <laughs> we'll get rid of you right now. Let's see how many more people we can offend. One more round of unpopular opinions. Kelly, let's go. Okay. I think this is pretty unpopular, at least amongst the people with whom I hang out. And it is, I could skip Christmas as a whole season. What? Really? Yes, really. Ah, humbug to you. I know yeah. it is very bah humbuggy. So I don't usually say that and I keep my inner Scrooge pretty well hidden, except to my sister who has to listen to me whine and kvetch a lot. But it is just, ugh, to me. I feel like it is too long. It is too long to celebrate one day. There's so much pressure then on this one day. There are too many things to do. And I have pared down my list, people. I mean, it's not like I'm trying to do the whole Martha Stewart calendar or anything. I mean, we just do a few things, but even those, I do them because of my children. Sure. Because of course kids love Christmas, sure. you know? So again, we watch the videos that I've watched a thousand times and we make the cookies, even though 
Actually, this is not a popular opinion. Cookies are disgusting. I don't even like Christmas cookies. Wait, you mean like Christmas cookies are disgusting or all cookies? Almost all cookies. There there might be like two or three that I would reserve. I would never choose to eat a cookie. Kelly, you are so broken. (laughs) Pie, pie. It goes like this in order. Pie, cake, ice cream, candy, mud pies, then cookies. (laughs) Hi. Mud pie is not even a dessert. I'm saying it's like below dirt to me, our cookies. Hi. You need Hi. to take your Vera Bradley and go back to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even, I don't own any Vera Bradley. That's not a thing where I live. But pie, ladies and gentlemen, is actually a healthy dessert. So we are way off. Like this is not, this is not my unpopular opinion. This is a side ancillary. Cookies are the point of Christmas. Right there, that takes it down a notch. Like that's a lame dessert. The whole holiday has a lame dessert to me. You so, should just say cookies are the point of Christmas. I think, <laughs> I think you need to check yourself here, Kelly. What happened to Jesus? And Jesus. And okay, Jesus. Hang on, this is true. Side note. Cookies and, and Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. So here's the thing. No, really. I mean, part of it is motivated by my spiritual journey the last years. The whole birth of Christ thing is like so intermingled in a weird way with the secular holiday of Christmas and Santa and all these, these things that are like, uh, okay, if I have to do them, it's, but that, that also makes me uncomfortable. Like I just have a hard time trying to tack Jesus on after like this excess commercialism and having to spend three weeks buying gifts for my kids who don't really need anything, who then get these things and throw them to the side. Then I've got to find new places to put them in the house. Like there's really, I would be a more pleasant person in December if I didn't have to do this stuff. And I do feel like I have to do it on some level because I have kids. It's possible that when my kids leave, I will do very little of it and I will enjoy a rest Mm -hmm. from the Christmas madness. And maybe then my inner Scrooge will, you know, have a transformation and wake up on Christmas morning and be happy about it. But right now I could skip it. Interesting. Interesting. All right. That that went kind of dark, Kelly. (laughs) And now all of our listeners are gone. (laughs) All right, Laura, your last unpopular opinion. My last unpopular opinion is going to be hotly contested. Okay, let's hear it. More hotly contested than Uniboot? (laughs) You tell me. Okay. I firmly believe that thank you notes are not required. Mm. I have a real problem with the thank you note being held up as the ultimate judge and character. It drives me insane. And a lot of people are kind of surprised by this because I'm kind of etiquette-y. You definitely are etiquette-y, yes. In my life. And I like notes, handwritten notes especially, and I like gratitude, and I think it should be expressed. You should say thank you. But I really hate the thank you note thing as this big to do because a new mom or a new bride or a recent graduate, why are you heaping 100 notes in their lap? Like they have other things to do. Mm. They can express thank you in person because as a giver, as a gift giver, what I need to know is A, that you received it, especially if it came through the mail or something. And B, that you liked it or appreciated it. That's all that's required is that a thank you is given. 
the fact that you have to like sit and write down this whole thing, which usually is a very rote robotic note that gets tossed in the trash anyway. Like, I just think that it is stupid. The length that people go to fulfill this obligation because they're worried about how it's going to look if they don't is absurd. One time, um, a person took me to lunch. It was really nice, meaningful lunch and she paid for it and everything. And then afterwards I sent her a book that we discussed and it was like, you know, the book was the thank you for taking me to lunch. That was important to me. And then she wrote me a thank you note for the book. And I was like, stop the madness. We're just thanking each other back and forth. (laughs) She's a back and forth. Thanks. Right, right. Yeah. It's like the dumbest, but I know in her mind, she thought, oh, I got a gift. So now I have to write the thank you note. And I'm like, no, like, anyway, I, I have big feelings about the thank you note as a judge of character. I am so thankful that you said that I haven't written thank you notes in many years. And when I get them in the mail for myself, a thank you to me, they are like note cards of shame because they're a reminder of how bad I am at writing thank you notes myself. So, oh, I'm just going to rest in the freedom of Laura giving me permission to toss that, toss that shame. When I give a gift to someone, especially if it falls into the, one of those categories of someone who's going through a major life change, mm-hmm. when I give a gift to them, I specifically say to them, do not write me a thank you note. Right, right. Just cross me off your list. I know you've received it. You've given me a hug, whatever. That's all that matters to me. Mm-hmm. Take yeah. me mm-hmm. off of your to-dos. And, I, and that's like the be- that's better than the gift I gave them. Absolutely it is. Well, it's like a second gift. It is. You know, really. It yeah. is. May we all follow in your gracious footsteps with that one. Okay, Rebecca, your last one. So now it's your turn to call me a Scrooge because I don't like Christmas carolers. Hmm. Oh, interesting. I can't believe Christmas is coming up twice in unpopular opinions, but okay, let's hear it. <laughs> the big deal in I- our culture. I'm not opposed maybe to like going Christmas caroling. I think that probably sounds like a lot of fun, but being Christmas caroled too. Um, the reality of that is that I'm standing outside in the cold, usually without a jacket because I didn't realize it was Christmas carolers knocking on my door. And then do I like say, um, hold on a second and then go and get my jacket. And I'm usually holding one of my little ones and then they're singing multiple verses to multiple Christmas songs while I'm standing there like, Ah, this is so nice, smiling, making eye contact with all the people as I'm being like serenaded in my doorway. You guys, it's awkward. How many times do you get Christmas carols? I was saying, I I get them like once a year. Yes, once a year, every (laughs) single year. (laughs) (laughs) See, we need to cancel Christmas. This is what we're saying. Just cancel Christmas. Um, Rebecca, No. no, no, no. That's not what we're saying. That's what you're saying. No, that's a personal opinion. You're right. Personal opinion. An unpopular opinion. I think it's just so quaint and charming that you get Christmas carolers. So send them over here. I will happily grin at them awkwardly from my front porch because we have none. In theory, it sounds like it's really wonderful. And I sound like I'm the world's worst person. Every single year, I'm the one who ends up answering the door while my husband is hiding in another room, (laughs) refusing to come (laughs) in outside with me. It has happened to me so many times. 
when you hear them when you hear them singing fa la la down the street <laughs> why don't you just turn your porch light off and go and hide like we do for trick or treaters no 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 <laughs> see that's the thing that's the method of christmas caroling that i think would work okay so everybody listening this is how you do christmas caroling you sing really loud and you walk slowly through a neighborhood maybe you pause at one house or two but you don't walk through the neighborhood quietly and then knock on the door and then sing multiple verses to multiple songs to one person standing there in the cold without their jacket holding a baby. Like, that's like what you don't do. Right. No more okay. ninja caroling, people, please. Don't don't sneak up on Rebecca with your Christmas carols. She is over it. My, my mom was going to be so disappointed in me that I just said all this. <laughs> the whole show is mom disappointment category, actually. Probably. Definitely. Yeah, that's true. Did, did your, your mom is going to tell you that she you're not allowed to play with me? <laughs> <laughs> did, did Laura just say that she turns her lights off when people come trick or treating in her house? She did. Because yeah. that's kind of unpopular, too. Oh, we turn the lights off. We lower the window <laughs> shades. We completely hide. I have no I do not have one minute for trick or treaters. One okay. year, we ate dinner by candlelight to avoid trick-or-treaters. You all are terrible. What? Terrible. <laughs> that is just more, one year. A one-day holiday filled with sugar and little kids looking like pirates yes. and dinosaurs. I, no, I you mean filled with Satan. <laughs> <laughs> She's arguing for Halloween and against Christmas. Kelly. <laughs> I have no words for how mortified my parents will be right now. But yes. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Okay. I have to tell you all, my face hurts from smiling so much and laughing through this whole episode. All right. My last one, I'm genuinely afraid I'm going to hurt people's feelings, but I actually do feel a little bit strongly about it. So I'm going to go ahead and just get it out there. I think that people who use Keurigs to make their coffee, Keurig machines with the K-cups, the whole thing, I think they should be ashamed of themselves. (laughs) <laughs> because yeah. it's such bad coffee you guys it's bad coffee it may be convenient but it's bad why what why even take the time to to make yourself a cup if it's going to be that bad it's so this true. isn't related to the environmental aspects of throwing away all those little plastic cups no rebecca you know more than anybody i don't even recycle so no it's not oh, the environmental true. aspect <laughs> Okay, I I do have a Keurig, and I do often drink it, but I tell people that it is a pitiful excuse for coffee. It is only out of desperation of convenience Mm -hmm. that I will do it. But I kind of agree with you. I am a little ashamed of myself. Here's what I don't understand. Like, when did the the traditional drip coffee maker become so slow and inconvenient that people don't use those anymore? Like... I understand not everybody wants to go through the whole French press or the pour over or whatever. That's fine. I get it. But what's wrong with a, just a regular coffee maker? That makes way better coffee than a Keurig does. 7-Eleven well, makes need... better coffee than a Keurig does. It's because you don't need a whole pot. Like we bought a Keurig because Jeff's the only person in our house that drinks coffee. Well, so he but, didn't want to make a whole pot. Well, they have four cups of coffee have to, makers. You can buy and you don't have to make a whole cup. Baby a whole pot. Okay, now for my friends who are listening who regularly offer me coffee from a Keurig when I go to your house, please pretend like that didn't happen. I love having coffee <laughs> with you. It's a treat every time. And I love all the Christmas carolers. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my goodness. I do hope we do still have some friends and listeners left after this episode, you guys. This is, we, we went deep into some of our darkest secrets on this one. So we got it all out for the year. So now we can go back to our regular scheduled programming that is happy and positive and upbeat. So before we go, because I'm sure people are going to want to have a little extra conversation with us about some of these opinions, let's remind everybody where we can find all of you on social media. Kelly, where can we find you? I'm at Kelly at Lovewell on Instagram and Twitter, my favorite places to be. And I'm on Facebook at facebook.com slash lovewellblog. Okay, Rebecca? You can find me at simplyrebecca.com and I'm at simplyrebecca on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Okay, and Laura? Well, you can find me this Sunday, April 24th at Pie Hole downtown 714 Traction Avenue at 3 p.m. where we are having an awesomes meetup. For For those of us in the Los Angeles area, so please do come out. If you're listening and living in the L.A. area, we would love to see you at Pie Hole on Sunday. But if you're looking for me on social media, I am on Twitter and Instagram as Hollywood H. Wife and on Facebook as The Hollywood Housewife. Okay, awesome. Well, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Sorta Awesome Meg. You can come find the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash Sorta Awesome. You can also follow the show on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see y'all, I hope, next time. Sorta Awesome was created by me, Megan Teets, and is produced each week in collaboration with Kelly Gordon, Rebecca Hoffert, and Laura Tremaine. Visit us on the web at SortaAwesomeShow.com, where you can sign up for the show's newsletter, connect with the Sorta Awesome community, and find show notes for each episode of Sorta Awesome. Music is provided by the band Prager. Find out more at PragerMusic.com. We'll meet you back here next time as we discover, explore, and discuss all the things that make life sorta amazingly awesome. <laughs>